This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> Gutterball. Beep. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's go. Fuck it. My nose is drippy. It's a little throwback to last week. I- I'm coughing a little bit. I'm a little okay. under the weather. Oh, boy. My headphones might run out of batteries. Okay, So good. this should make for a... It'll be an awesome, promising evening of radio for the listener and us. So we, we better get right to the meat of the matter and talk about TARS some more. Yes. What about TARS? Hit me something about because I just plugged in my, or opened up iTunes and it's like, there he was, TARS. Oh, really? Because I named my iPhone TARS. Phone TARS. Yep. Nice. Did you do that? I did not name my phone TARS, no. I, my phone never shows up on iTunes anymore. I didn't even knowledge. plug it in. It was just like... Just there. It just said it for some reason. I, I don't know how to use iTunes. Let's face it. It's never been I a, use it to watch The Big Lebowski before these uh, minutes. That's what I use it for. That's about all I use it for. And editing the ID3 tag on the MP3s of these podcasts before I post them. I right. do that too with iTunes. Which is probably like a, I don't know, another way to do that. But yeah, iTunes works just as well as anything. Although at the moment, there is no other way for me to watch Big Lebowski. They don't have a Blu-ray player. Oh, oh, you purged everything? I didn't purge it. It just broke again. And I'm sick of buying them. So I didn't buy another one. Well, uh, Lebowski, I believe, or I'm going to say something controversial. I might watch the movie wrong. Not controversial. It'll just be controversial when it's wrong. But I'm pretty sure Big Lebowski is back on Netflix. Oh, I think you're right. I think so you're I'm pretty right. sure I've seen it recommended to me countless times. Yes. Which I guess is a, uh, you know, a good thing. It's a testament to your dedication like, to the movie. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Big Lebowski. It's there. So back on Netflix. You know how that is, though. So that's how long we've been doing this. When we started, it was on Netflix. And right. we were using the Netflix version. It went away. And it went away. Now it's back. Like that's two back. years later. Because it says, because here it is. It says I can resume. Because it's currently four minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> did, wait, did we only get four minutes into the film before they yanked it? I feel like we must have got a little more than that, although it could have been something like I was going backwards. But we were still, I think, in single digits when they yanked it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We'd only been going for like eight or ten months. We weren't as prolific then as we were now. No, not not at first. But that's because (laughs) there were (laughs) times... Can I tell the listener... Sure, tell Some of the things that we had to do. That's great. No, it's good. Episode, episode shit. I know that doesn't narrow it down much. Episode six, was that it? I'm pretty sure that was six, yeah. Episode shit, shit, six. I, uh, 
didn't record my audio like in a good way. The mic was on the other side of the room accidentally or something. I don't remember exactly how I fucked it up, but I Oh, but you fucked it up. I fucked it up. It was unusable, unusable, but yours, your audio was clean and the episode was long and it was like we can either just redo the whole thing or or <laughs> I can listen to the episode and then repeat the lines that I'm saying right. cuz I can hear it and I'll just repeat them back and try sure. to match the inflection it, it's and, some yeah it's just some weird podcast version of like looping the audio right. looping the dialogue right it's right. just like you know we've talked about this a lot of this dialogue they record it on set but then they go into a sound studio to like re-record it jeff bridges goes in to say some of the lines right like out on the um when they scatter Donnie's ashes, that shit was probably looped because it's windy. I mean, maybe not. I can't be sure. Right. But, but it could very well be. It's a very common practice in motion pictures. Right. And you, you try to minimize it because it's expensive and time consuming. But yeah, sometimes it just can't be helped. And this, I felt like, was one of those situations where it couldn't be helped. But I actually had to... Ugh. I first tried to clean up the existing crappy audio. Didn't work. I recorded it once all the way through and listened to it, but it sounded like you were talking to some crazy maniac, like an escaped mental patient. And I was like, this is terrifying. I can't put this out into the world. It sounded like, I don't even know how to describe how fucking weird it sounded. Okay. And we were so, already like five episodes in, so we if it was episode one, maybe you could get away with it. It's like the the pilot syndrome. Mm-hmm. But we were already had a bit of a thing down. It's like so I had to do it twice. It was just it was horrible. It was horrible. Well, and I don't think people noticed per se. No, I don't think so either. But. Uh, I knowing what happened, it sounded really weird in a way that I actually loved. And I was trying to convince you to do that for every episode. <laughs> because it, uh, it, it added something to it. It was a certain, I don't know. It was kind of like a weird Hunter S Thompson meets Tim and Eric meets Tommy was so kind of vibe that that's just a good really, description. Really, for me, it really worked. It was an awesome aesthetic, and usually, there's not an aesthetic to someone's vocal patterns per se. The way this was, like, it was it was pioneering in a lot of ways. I think it's because I was acting. I was trying to act, mm-hmm. but like act mimicking. Mimacting, I was mimacting myself. So I think that was what just made it like dissonant, probably. Like it was close to how I actually sound, but not like like too close, but mm-hmm. not close enough. Like just in that weird little little area where it just ah, you almost can't tell what's wrong with it, but it's bad. I, I would have done it if you would have done it too. But we would be on episode nine right now. Right. 
Well, again, it, you know, long it's a long process. Well, that can be, be the a, next. It would be more of a labor for our uh, for our art. That can be our next our next endeavor. We'll just go back and re-record all of Gutter Balls, but like that, like listening to it and trying to improve. Right. Re-record on it. the episodes we already did. It's like the special yeah. edition. Right, right. There we go. Done. Pat, boom, bam. What else you got? Got any revisits? I got some you revisits. Have some revisits. I actually have a revisit for once. Fire it at me, man. So I could start it up here because actually it's something that I meant, I meant to talk about last week. We never got to it. Start me in up. In the two Brad. and a half hour long <laughs> episode, we still didn't get to it all. Brad, start me up. Never stop starting me up. You, you could start now. Okay. So the dude says, well, I guess the fucking nihilist knew where she was. Oh, he does say that, doesn't he? Yes. So. I'm glad you bring this up. This goes back to our question of. What the fuck is going on in this movie? here? Although it appears to me, I'm like totally going back on what I've said this whole podcast and being like, it's somewhat clear cut. Now, maybe you'll muddy the edges up for me and I'll be able to return. But I think what. Even though there is maybe some questions of why people did what about when, I think they're trying to, as screenwriters, as filmmakers, as directors, as storytellers, trying to give this an end that kind of makes sense. Okay, so you're you're not living in the world of the movie. You're outside of that now. You're this yes. is from the Cohen brothers' perspective yes. as screenwriters. Yes, like these clues, the dude you know, having his epiphany, explaining to Walter what happened with all the little flashbacks. Now, this little, um, you know, then they show the, the, um, you know, the toe cut off. Mm-hmm. And now they have uh, this little line. Well, I guess the fucking nihilists knew where she was. Thus implying the nihilists knew she left. Knew that the Big Lebowski didn't know where she was, and maybe that's because Uli like hangs around the house floating in the tub or whatever. And so he, they then concocted this ransom scheme to try to get a million dollars, and then they tried to up the ante on it by sending him a tow. Okay, I agree with you that yes, that's what the Cohen brothers were probably trying to do. Mm-hmm. I just don't mm-hmm. think they succeeded. Yeah, they're trying to up the ante, but the the titular Lebowski knows that she hasn't been kidnapped. He he knows that. He must. Maybe, he maybe he mustn't. Maybe he, you know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he hopes she wasn't kidnapped. Oh well, it depends, right? I guess it depends. I'm not sure. You could say he hoped she was kidnapped because or, or was not kidnapped because then he gets to. Pretend that she was kidnapped, steal a million dollars, then she comes back and no one's actually dead. Right. He could be, you know, as the dude says, fucking sick of her or whatever. Is that what he says? I don't know. It didn't sound right as I said it. He but wasn't into her anymore or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something like didn't that. Didn't dig her anymore. Something. Yeah. So, you know, so, but granted, does that mean that he would actually want her dead? Maybe, maybe not. He does steal a million dollars from needy orphans. So here's the question. Needy urban achievers. Yes. Right. Does the Big Lebowski 
think that she's been kidnapped or does he not? It's inconsequential to him. He doesn't even give it much thought. I think it is. It's consequential. I think there are consequences. For instance, the toe. I know, I know. Forget about the fucking toe. But I think that if he was like, if he really thought he had been kidnapped by the damn nihilists, and they, you know, they're hanging around the house, he probably doesn't give a shit too much about them. He knows they're full of hot air or whatever. So he just takes the money, the ringer for the ringer, knowing that, you know, they're not going to kill her. But when he gets the toe, he might actually be upset a little bit at that point. So maybe that scene in the limo, he's actually upset and not just putting on a big act. Well, but like the dude says, he never actually asks for the money back. You know, he never actually tries to, like, help things. He's just like... Um, well, he can't. He has no intention of giving the money. If he gave the money back, then he would know, like everybody would know, that he embezzled it. He's not going to do that. Right. I'm just but saying I mean, he's probably he's upset. actually worried, he might switch to, wait, instead of stealing a million dollars, I'll try to save her from getting murdered. But he doesn't necessarily know the nihilists were the kidnappers, though. Well... If he knows that, then it's a whole different can of worms, because he just knows exactly who they are. It's harder to... Yeah, I don't know. And then the dude comes in all nonchalantly, like, I guess the fucking nihilists knew where she was. How would he assume they have knowledge of the nihilists then? Well, he might not. He's just saying that. But, like, they don't, they may not have any knowledge of the nihilists. Then wouldn't Brant be like, who are the nihilists? <laughs> well, he might have been, except he's just still too flummoxed trying to pick up Bunny's clothes, trying to warn the dude from going into the. Into the 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 room, trying to query who this gentleman is. So the, this hinges on, yes, trying to query who the, I'm. Fucking veterans, who I am. This hinges on your opinion, man. That the nihilists, or at least Uli, and then by the transitive property, Dieter and Skeeter, they all. Know that Bunny has not been kidnapped, and know that Brandt and the titular Lebowski don't know that she has not been kidnapped. Brandt and the Le- titular Lebowski, the nihilists, know that they don't know what happened to her. That's what I think. That's what I just said. Well, they don't know. They don't necessarily think she's been kidnapped until they get the ransom note. And from there on, they could actually think she was kidnapped. And he just uses this as an opportunity. He's like, fuck it, I don't, I don't care, keep her. And as a bonus, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to embezzle a million dollars. Something doesn't sit right. I mean, yeah, okay. Something doesn't sit right, though. I just think there's a lot of, like, you know, house of cards being built here. Little... Flimsy gibbets. There's definitely a, some flimsy gibbets. And then There's some flimsy gibbets on top of, of those flimsy gibbets. You, you know? mean I'm building House of Cards or there's House of Cards in the film? Like no, characters it, are building House of Cards for sure. Well, well, both, but both. I think that your, your flimsy gibbets are the same flimsy gibbets that are in the movie. You're just describing them, but it doesn't have to be that way. I, I think there's other gibbets, flimsy or otherwise, that maybe we're not... Seeing or we're seeing too much. I think we've just gone to the point where we're overthinking it. <sighs> I, I, 
mean, this is the situation. It's just like that uh, new Rihanna video. Oh, I haven't kind seen of. it. Oh, you haven't seen that? Uh-uh. Bitch better have my money. She took money from you? Well, she, um, that's the, that's the name of the song, but she, she took a million dollars from fucking needy little urban achievers. She didn't. In in this scenario, she is, plays the role of Uli. Wait, who were you talking about when you said that she better have, that bitch better have my money? Well, that's the name of the song, although it doesn't quite perhaps fit in with the well, maybe it does. In this case, the uh, name Kitchell of the song Lebowski would be the bitch. The name of the song is "Bitch the Better bitch. Have My Money." This is the nihilist song that we yes. hear at the end. Okay, yeah. So they do. Um, yeah. You should have checked it out. I think there's a lot of Lebowski. Where's the money, Lebowski? References that are not in Lebowski references. At all it's just the coincidence. Well, you know. There's only so many ideas, so that's very exactly. possible. Exactly. So in this video... So you're a Rihanna fan, too. I'm not really a Rihanna f- fan, although I might be now. She might have finally completely won me over. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm somewhat of a Rihanna fan. USA but, yeah. Today can't spell out the word bitch, huh? Okay, USA Today. But... um so in this video, again, it's one of these like cinematic type videos that tells a story somewhat. And I guess the video is also garnering attention outside of being kind of just, I don't know, a rea- whatever uh, it is. A Lebowski remake? Well, it's, I, I mean, I don't think it is. I don't think they set out to do that. So here's what happens. Rihanna. Does, is it set in Los Angeles? A rich woman. Is it set in L.A., though? I think so. Sometimes there's an L.A. feel. It has an L.A. feel. I will give that and an outside L.A. feel because they drive out into the desert and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she kidnaps um, this this rich woman and again then sends a ransom to the husband. In essence, you know, OK, we're going to extract money here. She has two companions. So Rihanna and her two companions. Again, it's like three nihilists. These three kind of eccentric people that they are. I would describe them more as sexualists, probably. But at least it's an ethos. Yes. Um, But um, the twist comes toward the end when you realize that, like, they're never getting the ransom. The reason they're not getting it is because this rich guy doesn't fucking care. He's like, just keep her, more or less. He doesn't give a shit. He's not willing to pay to get her back. He's happy they took her. Now, is this... See, this is another good podcast idea where you could talk about things that you've seen and I haven't, and then I can (laughs) just ask questions. Oh, that's perfect. So, is the lyrics... The lyrics to the song... Are, yes. are they helping to drive the narrative, or the was the director of the music video kind of like coming up with his own thing that may or may not be based on the lyrics of the song? I'm not sure, because I can't say I really understand what the lyrics are about. There's no dialogue in this, is or is there dialogue? There's Do no they, like, dialogue. Is it one of those things like a... Like a p diddy and a mace music video where maybe they'll have a little intro maybe there they'll... is an extended intro and an extended epilogue i love However, that there's no dialogue in it oh, no okay 
So I like you can when kind they of do just tell stuff. based on the actions and movements of the characters and what they're doing. And, you know, she gets upset and is slamming the phone down. Like, you know, you like just through that, through like a pantomime type of a scenario. There's phone uh, slamming in Lebowski. Yeah, no, exactly. One of the many uh, connections, I think. I don't there's know. A Palmer, there's a little Pomeranian running around. Oh, a it's Thurston not actually a Pomeranian. Too. They light a um like 1970s style car on fire. Look at that. It's got it all. They have a lot there's a lot of little things like that. That's you know. I was kind of making fun of you there, but that's fucking interesting, man. Yeah. Um it's not a Pomeranian though. Well, it's not a Pomer. I'm calling it a Pomeranian, but it's a Thank you. Some type of little show dog. Yeah, we knew it at one point. I don't give a shit now. That they, that they have <laughs> running around. Does it, um, y- does it yip? There's no yipping. Is there yipping? Well, there's no yipping because you don't really hear it. So the audio outside of the intro and the epilogue, the audio is strictly the song. Yes. They don't add sound effects. You said no dialogue. Not that I was aware of. I mean, sometimes, you know, if they add like a car screeching thing or something and it's like a... uh, They'll take some liberties. Yeah. Some creative license. Yeah. Like sometimes they might add that in and like it's just so subconscious you don't even realize it. But nothing that I was aware of. No sound effects or anything. Well, that's good. Then they did their job one way or another. But that would just be in the music video, like the car screeching away. They wouldn't put right. that in the you song. You listen to the song on the radio, like, why is there a car screeching at right. this point? Exactly. Yeah, no, nothing of that. Or you turn around, frightened a little bit, thinking you're about to get run over. So so I guess the question is, this is a case of you can see Lebowski in anything if you look hard enough. Right. 314 or, steps from my front door to the car. Um Three point one four seconds to blah blah whatever you start seeing yeah. pie everywhere. So, but there's some. There were some, some things. There was the three kidnappers. Rich guy didn't want her back. The uh, Pomeranians running around. They lit a car on fire. I feel like there's another. There was even some other things I discovered. Now I can't even remember. You know, I should write this shit down. Well, but I see. Check it out. All I've now, done, listeners, check it out. Let us know if you find any more uh, Lebowski-related uh, imagery or concepts in this video. There's got to be more in there because I googled Rihanna music videos, and the first link is Rihanna's violent BBHMM music video divides fans, and there's a little thumbnail next to it, and she's. All kind of a little bit glitzed up with what looks like a bikini on and a pool in the background. So there's that. Hmm. Yeah. Just even that little thumbnail. Right. No, there is a pool scene. Yep. Did kind of harken back to the uh, day on the terrace there. <coughs> mm-hmm. No, exactly right. Just let it out. I could tell you were holding it in. I held it back a little bit, but it's good. I'm good now. Okay. So, yeah. You can go. Um the video is rather violent. It's definitely R-rated video. There is nudity and violence in it. There's nudity? There's nudity. Because There's quite a bit of nudity. Because it's just on YouTube. They can do whatever the fuck they want well, to. Well, I mean, YouTube generally doesn't let you do nudity. Oh, they don't? But I guess because it's Rihanna, they're like, well, fuck it. We're going to let her do it. We're not going to be like, oh, you violated the community guidelines, Rihanna. Right. Click. Yeah, we don't want those 45 million hits. <laughs> Right. Well, now it's not even that anymore. It's probably 450 million. It's fucking crazy. 
the way this shit is blowing up. I was There's looking like billion at hit videos out there. One of Taylor Swift's videos had 900, probably by now it's a billion, but it had like 900 and change million hits. Yeah. It's a lot of hits. I'm sure it's It's a lot of hits to steal. If you're going to try to steal her hits, you probably couldn't do it. No, no, not that many. I think size over a billion, whatever that. Yeah, he definitely is. I think he was the first. I want to say I could be wrong, but I want to say he was the first one to break a billion. Maybe it was two billion or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And Lady Gaga, it was either him or Lady Gaga and both around the same time. They both broke a billion, I think. And that was the big milestone. And now it's just like. Yeah, you can get a billion. Do you think Lady Gaga... I get you a billion by three, three o'clock today. <laughs> Do you th- there don't are, know how, but there, there are ways. ways, Brad. Do you think Lady Gaga obsessively refreshes the, um, like, logs into her Google account, goes to YouTube, and obsessively refreshes it to, like, track the number of downloads? I think she does, and that's why it's at a billion, because half of them are her. Well, she wouldn't... Refreshing it. She would have to be not logged in then. Well, yeah, she's doing it not logged in. Yeah. She's doing it sometimes on her mobile, sometimes on her laptop. Right. Her th- she's got carpal tunnel from just obsessively clicking so much. Yeah. Same she's way totally we do. Her stats. Like when I'm I'm checking iTunes to see if we oh, have yeah. our eighth review yet. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, come on, baby. Right. Just give me a well, tiny we look taste. look at our stats and it's like, hey, look. We had 30 downloads this week. And then you see uh, (laughs) 15 of them are from State College PA and the other 15 are from the D.C. area. You're being silly. No, it was it was. uh, No, we're not that bad. We have some listeners. It was a thrill when we hit 50 million. We appreciate you. You know, I I went out and had a martini when we hit 50 mil. Because that's like, what do we get? A dollar a download or something like that. I can't even count all the money that's rolling in yeah. around here. Yeah, I think it's like a dollar and uh, 12 cents. Yeah, it's and there's a fraction of cents in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not in the three commas club. So no, it's kind of like, nope. what's the fucking point? Nope. Might as well be at zero dollars if you round down. <laughs> we got a couple listeners out there. But, you know, I'm sure like people are people. She probably checks in once in a while. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Look, I'm almost at a billion views. That's for one of my music videos. The other one only has 750 million. Oh, well. Rihanna music video. We'll put a link. I think that's link worthy, right? Yeah, let's put a link in there. We'll do it. Rihanna BBHMM. Bitch, where's my fucking money? Spot the uh, Lebowski parallels. I'm trying to. I'm not going to do this link right now, but I'll put a note to remind myself. Yeah, we'll put that, that in there. We can have one show note. Wow, pretty good. Not bad. We got one. Bitch, better have my money. Um, I do have another revisit or two. Oh yeah, let's <clears> let's hear <throat> it. The dude and Walter drive up. They see the car smashed up against the fountain. They get out. The dude's kind of purposefully striding towards the door. He's kind of like, ugh. You know, he looks at the car. He doesn't give it too much. He just wants to get in there and brace the titular Lebowski. So he's walking towards the door. Walter slows down a little bit. Uh, I, sorry, got it the other way around. Walter's like, he charges out and is looking at the car. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, fuck it, let's go. 
He starts to turn around. Thurston is already like trotting towards the door. He's ahead of Walter before Walter even like indicates with body language that he's going up towards the stairs. I think it was not the first take that they'd done. So Thurston had it in his mind, like a little muscle memory there. Like, Oh yep, this, I got to go over here and then go up the, uh, just go up the stairs. I got to end up inside that house. So I feel like it's my job. Yes. To tear it all down, to tear it down. I mean, so Thurston's pre-knowledge getting torn down. Dogs tend to, and I often wonder what the cognitive process is here. Run into an open door. Do run to doors. They do. Like they're able to recognize this is a house I've never been, but they're able to have that abstraction. Like this is a doorway. I'm going to run right up to it. Whether it's this fancy doorway of a mansion, it's never been in a mansion. It lives in the suburbs. I'm not saying this is true of Thurston. I don't know where he lives, but I'm just saying in general, right? This dog, they do. Oh, yes. They can figure out that abstraction. That kind of confuses me. Well, Cynthia and Marty Eckelberg might live in a mansion. I mean, they're always traveling. No, they definitely could. This isn't really a comment on Thurston, just on dogs in general. But the bottom line is dogs tend to run to doors. Yeah. To be like, oh, yeah, oh, we're at the house. Okay, I'm going to go run up to the door. It's a house I've never been at. You know, whenever you took me to a new place, you just opened the car door to let me jump out. I'm going to run to the door because I want to get inside and see who's in here. I agree with go you. Go jump on them. Like, that. dogs do that. So this dog may just be an excellent actor acting like a dog. I um, agree with you 100%. That act that way. Except that this dog is not a very good actor because the dog is not running, like, excitedly to get into the door it's a very measured pace well, that the dog is running and you you could is, argue what quality of acting that is but if sure. you're going to say the dog's doing a really good job i'm going to have to take issue with that yeah it could because be. the dog should put a little more effort into it like walter's getting out and there's a car there's noise there's fountains there's water dog want to like look at water a little bit and would like have a little moment of like, oh, and then there's the door. Then like take off for the door. And it doesn't. It's just in a straight line sort of. You know? Yeah, I will, I will say the dogs running toward the door is then also counterbalanced by the fact it doesn't want to leave Walter's side too much. Right. It's not going to fully run ahead of him. So he's kind of trying to get to the door, but also looking over his shoulder like, Walter, keep up. Come on. We want to get in this house. I want to see who's in here. I want to go smell them. Come on. I've already done this five to ten times. I know where I'm going. Don't you know by now? Come on. We go in the door. We can never know what Thurston is thinking, I guess. Right. Or what the filmmakers intended. Maybe this was all, you know, the Cohen and Brothers, attention to details, was all carefully planned out. That's exactly what they wanted Thurston to do. Because... It was all motivated... Because um, maybe... Because Thurston's leading. It's a symbolic, right? Maybe Thurston's of, been of, here of before. being led by his baser animal instincts. All right, I like it's a that. Deep, it's a deep uh, statement they're trying to make. I like that. Plus, yeah, Walter is, you know, always getting beat down by the bitches. So, is Thurston a, a bitch? Well, I don't know. I mean, if dog names don't always do, yeah, they adhere don't always, to gender normativity. Yeah, they don't necessarily care 
sometime. So I can't say for sure. And even if they did, you still can't go by just the name anyway, because you never know. There's never always know. that outlier somewhere. Does Walter ever use a pronoun when referring to the dog? I don't know. I think he says it's each time. Yeah, I'm not buying it a fucking beer. Right. It's a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it. It's Harold's fault. Yeah. It's always there. They're trying to uh, be cagey about that. So what I was going to say is maybe Thurston has been to this mansion before. Maybe um, Cynthia gets around a little bit. Maybe she and Brant or she and the nihilists were having a little. But I, I like yours better. Another one. As they enter. Now the dude is caught up. He's actually in front of Walter at this point. Once we see them enter the door, we're inside the home. They're starting to come down the stairs. <clears throat> Where was she, man? You know, mm-hmm. we reverse shot. We see Brant picking up all her bunny's clothes that she's strewn about the hallway. And the, um, and I, I'm saying this for a re- not just for a revisit, but there's some interesting camera moves going on when we get to our current minute. But as they descend the stairs, we see Brant in the hallway. We don't see the dude, Walter mm-hmm. or Thurston, but it's almost from their point of view. And we descend right. the staircase. Yes. No, I would definitely say that. It's like a first person point of view, practically. Practically. But and again, it follows psychologically with what they've done with a lot of this movie, which yeah. is like we're seeing it from the point of view of the dude. We're actually in his head. Well, wasn't there some movie? There was some film noir that was shot. The entire thing was done first person. So we are going to start repeating all the stories that we've already told now. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm cool with that. Yeah, Lady. Oh, you're right, Brad. Lady in the Lake. Lady of the Lake. Oh, that's the name of that movie? Right. We did talk about that. Yeah. And anyway, I I didn't remember the name of it back then either. But but there it is. Lady of the Lake. Film noir convention. (laughs) It's kind of. Yeah. In a failed exp- cinematic experiment from whenever that was. But it's not pure POV. I mean, they're not right. trying to fake steps. Like, it's not right. staggered or anything. It's just yeah, a it's smooth... Yeah, it's not like step, step, step. You don't see the hand reach out in front of the camera. <laughs> right. Right. It's just, it's a subtle... Oh, I'm remembering and talking about this now, because we talked about how they had to have, like, a different hand on either side or whatever. Right, how it, that would be impossible to actually do with one person, because... You'd have to cut their head off yeah. or something. So that sounds like the crazy fucking idea we would have. Let's do it all first person. Yeah, it'll be It'll be the wave great. of the future. And then it's like, no, that's just fucking obnoxious. Just stupid. Who wants to fucking watch a movie like in first person like that? Yeah, it didn't go over too well. No. Um. So yeah, they do that. And then the camera kind of keeps moving for this little hallway scene. So I just want to point that out. There's some more I want to talk to once we get to this minute. But. Okay, I think we should go to the I think we should play the minute because that the next the other thing I want to talk about is not necessarily a revisit. It's just it's something unrelated and I don't want to do it right now. I, th- I think we should go to the minute. All right, let's go to the minute. Let's do that. Bango. Man, we know the briefcase was fucking empty. We know you kept the million bucks for yourself. You have your story, I have mine. I say I entrusted the money to you, and you stole it. 
As if we would ever dream of taking your bullshit money. You thought that money had been kidnapped and you were fucking glad, man. You could use it as an excuse to make some money disappear. All you needed was a sap to pin it on. You just met me. You, you human paraquat. You figured, oh, here's a loser, you know, uh, a deadbeat. Somebody the square community won't give a shit about. Well, aren't you? Well, yeah. But you Get out, both of you. Look at that fucking phony dude pretending to be a fucking millionaire. Out of this house now, you bums! Let me tell you something else. I've seen a lot of spinals, dude. And this guy's a fake. A fucking gold breaker. Stay away from me, mister! This guy fucking walks. I've never been more certain of anything in my life. You stay away from me! Walter, never... Unbango. We bangoed it, we unbangoed it. Yep. We're back. We just bango that minute right in there. I love it. Banged it in. Bun bangoed it out. Camera work. Yes, camera work. Okay, work. let's go. We're on this. We're on this thread. Let's continue it. Yes. Now that we're in the minute, and they they are full on embracing. Though they're not embracing him yet. Although there is some embracing that will happen. They're they're bracing the titular Lebowski now. Yes. Things are, this is, this is the meat, a lot of this is the meat of the plot, such as it is. We get a lot of that. Well, maybe we, maybe we already did it. Let's see where to start. You are I mean, scum, man. We talked about it, yeah. but this is where they, in essence, um. No, the briefcase was empty. We know you kept the money. Right. I say I entrusted it to you, and you stole it. As if we would ever dream of taking your bullshit money. We would. Another wonderful Walterism. <laughs> not only would we dream of it, we would actually try to do it. Yes, we would. We would fill a ringer. We would. We would then try to beat it, beat the location out of it. Yes. We would uh, feel uh, really proud of ourselves when we think we got it in a trunk of our car. Be pretty upset when we realize we don't have it. Yeah. Who's sitting on a million dollars? <laughs> oh, boy. Meanwhile, we're sitting on a million dollars. We? Anyway. So anyway, back and forth, we're kind of like, uh, you've got some uh, exposition here. It's a single of the titular Lebowski. He's in the middle of the frame. Mm-hmm. He's looking vaguely screen left to screen right. We cut to Dude and Walter. They are... You know, slightly shifted to screen right, just to keep that visual balance in the cutting back and forth. Mm-hmm. Camera's not moving. And he says, you know, well, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Get out, both of you. He turns in his chair and starts um, motoring away from them. We start to yes. follow. Then it shifts to a wide shot where we can see all three characters on screen. Titular, all the way left. Dude and Walter, all the way right. we got a nice rule of thirds going on here. And the camera starts to pull back. Now it's following the movement of the titular Lebowski. Mm-hmm. So it's not... It's like a psychological point of view of the dude, where... We are moving farther away from the dude. The titular Lebowski is moving farther away from him. So visually, it's reinforcing that psychological POV. Does that make sense? Yeah, it might make sense. Maybe. It might be a bit of a stretch. 
But then they keep doing it. He stops. Then the camera stops. He turns back around, starts moving closer, and we see a close-up on him, and the camera moves into him again. Right. Walter starts walking towards the titular Lebowski. Camera starts moving with him, moving away from the dude. You stay away from me, and then we're pretty much out of the minute. I don't know. Yeah. More decisions that they had to make consciously. They didn't just say, oh, let's, let's move the camera around. Right. It's hard to set that shit up. They got to plan it out. They storyboard everything. So they're, they're thinking about it. Whether they're thinking about it in the way that I just described is maybe the stretchy part, but they're thinking about it. They're thinking about something. I mean, it does seem when I watch this, I feel like as Walter is uh, stepping toward the titular Lebowski and he's backing up in his wheelchair that the camera would have now kind of moved to the point of view of the guy in the chair. The perspective has shifted. The perspective has shifted. And granted, it just does some things, you know, like it makes Walter seem more menacing. Because it's low. It's on the it, titular Lebowski's eye level. Right. And the way you're backing up, like it gives you that kind of sense. So, I mean, it works. And again, we've talked about consistency. So even though this isn't from the dude's point of view strictly, we just talked about how like they do a lot of first person shots of the dude. You can sneak in a first person, not literally first person, but let's say first person inspired shot of of another character every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I do suppose. You don't have to be always consistent, do you? And it works. No. We know what they say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know. Should we tell everybody? <laughs> no way. They have to go back and listen to any of the previous 50 episodes to find that answer. Well, previous 98 episodes. Well, I don't think we started talking about it until uh, hey, 40-some sh- minutes sh- in. Sh- 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 knock it off. Come on, man. You just carved off like 40 episodes now. We're not going to get some hits on, Brad. Oh, true enough. Hits with true a enough. Z. They didn't know that. Yeah, go back to yeah, yeah, go back to episode one. Start listening from it, there. And you know what? You didn't remember talking about Lady of the Lake, so you don't know if maybe we did talk about it in episode one. So that's true. I don't know what episode. It very well could have been episode one. Just you, yeah, you don't know shit episode about this podcast. One, we talked about the. We had some really good commentary on the Universal logo and the kind of socio political ramifications of of their showing of the globe. So it's definitely worth going back and listening to one. Some Even though we didn't quite have our sea legs yet. <laughs> some incredible There's content. There's a lot of insight. Yes. That we really laid the groundwork for all of this excellent shit that we've done in the last three years. That's when it all started. I'm sorry, I'm just Googling now. It took a while, though. 45 minutes in. Not bad. Uh, yeah, I got another one. I got another one for you. Sure. It's going to be one of those times where I should have actually, but I like bunny. I'm a time traveler. I want you to listen to 9830. 9830. 98.30. Okay. Listen, you're going to have to turn it up. I will insert this into the minute so the listeners can have a chance to listen to it also. Oh, nice. 
So, um, 9830, listen to the background. All right. There's a deep, deep rumbling that may or may not be thunder. Go ahead. Won't give a shit about. Well, aren't you? Well, yeah. But you won't give a shit about. Well, aren't you? Well, yeah. Well, aren't you? Well, aren't you? Huh. It comes in around 9830? Yes. Oh, maybe. There's definitely something comes in. That's really faint, though. It it does it twice. Um, the this time, this first time is more noticeable. So you probably won't have any business listening to ninety eight forty. Well, it's remember more subtle. Yeah, last week we talked about the um. There was that one time where there was that kind of like rumble with the Walter, and it kind of like I I made the comment how it kind of. Uh, went with his demeanor. You are talking about when they open the door to the West Wing here? No, it's after that. Yeah, the West Wing makes a rumble. We talked about this last week. There was a part Sure. I don't fucking know anything about this podcast, Brad. Yeah, but there but again I shouldn't have made I, fun I of you for not all, knowing it anything all, about it because I don't either. I want to say there is some rumbling outside. But yeah, that's my question. Scene. Is it is it noise that like an airport nearby or was it was that Tanda? Or is it something they put in there on purpose for some unknown reason? Um I just don't know. But you you couldn't really hear it. I'll I'll isolate it. I'll send it to you. I'll also put sure. it in the minute. We'll we'll let the uh the listeners decide if it's mer- meritorious. Okay. Also well, we're on. Oh, what's that thunder? I said, yes. A friend of ours. I don't know. This who cares? Well, people <laughs> care, but I, I don't know why I'm bringing it up now. Just because every time I hear thunder, especially if like I'm inside and you hear it, like outside, like this scene. Mm-hmm. Me or my wife, you might know her. Her name is Leslie. Like turn to each other and go, "What's that thunder?" Friend of ours, two friends of ours were hiking and like going around through the jungles and mountains and crap down in South America for a couple weeks or a month or something. I don't know what they were doing down there, but they were, you know, hanging out with, I don't remember where they were. I don't know if they were in Chile or Ecuador or who knows where, but you know, Spanish speaking peoples, you know, with their native dialects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And off in the distance, they were hiking. You know, they just, they'd been kind of speaking Spanish, but, you know, going back and forth, you know, starting to become part of the preferred nomenclature. And they hear uh, something out in the distance. And my one friend, his name was Greg, turns to <laughs> the other guy, Tim. He just turns and, was that Tonto? <laughs> like speaking English, but having the regional dialect. Was that Tonto? Okay. Like, just accidentally, not even thinking about it. And it was just one of those things that every time there's there's thunder, it's like, what's that thunder? And that has nothing to do with the amazing 50 millimeter rifle shot. No, I just thought that was cool. Okay. I I thought maybe there was... (laughs) 
Because <laughs> he wrote here, was dot thunder and then had a link to this. Well, maybe I just but thought I maybe there was a pretty like, amazing rifle shot. There was maybe a firing range nearby, but probably not. Yeah, I just looked up was dot thunder. It's like, what else could, could it be? Oh, and it came up with this uh, video. No, I didn't. No, no. Okay. So, uh, you really want the. Do you want to see how my thought process went there? Do you really want the I, whole line going through it? I might want to, yeah. Okay. So, there's the noise in the background at 9830. Mm-hmm. Was that thunder? I don't know if if that was thunder. What else sounds like that? Because it's not like... It's right. very, like, very kind of smooth. Kind of rolls in really smoothly. And then slowly rolls out. Like it's a very gentle wave-like shape. It's like rolling. Just... It seems very distant. That reminded me of when I was shooting video of things that I'm not supposed to talk about. Because we were subcontracted from DHS or something. Okay. We were in Virginia, near water, so take that for what it's worth. And I will just say that for some reason or another, there was a fifty caliber rifle there. Okay. <laughs> my same friend, Tim, was with me at the time. We worked together. And we were outside. I may have been having a cigarette. I think I may have smoked at the time. Standing outside, and all, all of a sudden, we both shat our pants and fell on the ground and covered our heads and cried like babies because we thought that a bomb had gone off three feet from our faces. And instead, it was inside this concrete building they were firing off a fifty caliber rifle. It was that fucking loud. Wow. This expansive body of water. And so the shock was over then. It was like, holy shit. Like, that scared the shit out of me. I'd never been close to something that, maybe a quarter stick, but I don't know. I knew that was coming, so it didn't scare me as bad. Mm-hmm. But then we're standing there, and I'm just hearing this, like, <clears throat> just... I didn't know if it was an airplane coming, because, you know, there's military installations around. Like, what is that that sound? Was that Dunda? Was that an airplane? (laughs) (laughs) Is it uh, an airplane coming towards us, going away from us? And we just listened to it for like 45 seconds, and then, blammo! They fired off again. We had just gotten our pants cleaned out. Now we had to clean them again. And I realized it was the echo of the goddamn 50 cal. Oh. Just like rolling, like gently. It sounded a lot like this, just rolling like. There was nothing for it to bounce back off of. So it was just the sound of it receding like miles and miles, O'Keefe, into the distance. For like 45 seconds, though, I counted it. I timed it. So I thought maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe a 50 cal had gone off. So then I was like, 
wait, was that a 50 millimeter? I accidentally searched 50 millimeter first. It's definitely not a 50 millimeter. It's a 50 caliber they were using. 50 millimeters a little bigger. But 50 caliber is an impressive weapon. Mm-hmm. Which link did I put here? Is it the one that ricochets back? The one that ricochets back, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Like, <laughs> I... So this video, we can also include it in those show notes. <laughs> We've really not? gone far afield here from Lebowski. But in essence... You asked for it, man. You This guy is firing a 50 millimeter rifle. 50 caliber. No, it, well, it says 50 millimeter. Well, they mislabeled it. 50 millimeter is a cannon. 50 caliber is the sniper rifle. Right. A 50 cal... Yeah, fi- yeah 50... Well, 50 millimeters... Well... Yeah, I guess not. I was going to say. It's not. It's the size of your arm. It's fucking crazy. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, they fire it at a target, which was a steel plate 100 yards away. You hear it ping, but then the guy's hearing protection gets, like, blown off his head. (laughs) Because the thing apparently ricochets and comes directly back at him. And well, it hits him in the head. Well, it hits or the it hits dirt. His earmuffs off. Did you see it hits the dirt first? Well, I saw that. That's what I was wondering. Is that what that is? I think so. Because if it just came straight back, oh, like I think the dirt took a little, a little it of the took thing some off of the it. edge off it. I was yeah. wondering about that because, like, yeah, how how is his one, head still attached? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, one, yes, head attached, or was that going to be two, or was that zero for you? Which number of baffling things was that? Did I did I start enumerating them? Yeah, you said one. I said his head's still attached. I, I'd like you to. I'm sorry for interrupting your countdown or countdown. Yeah, I lost the countdown. Damn All it. I know is, yeah, it hits him in the head. Luckily, it doesn't kill him. Knocks his hearing protection off. Just, knocks just his... hit him in the earmuff and knocks him off the stool. <laughs> well, I guess it doesn't knock him off the stool. No, but he's surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little fucked up. I spent like 45 minutes just watching people shoot 50 millimeter cannons and 50 caliber rifles. There's some cool shit out there, man. (laughs) Yeah, I would. I think that's true. Hey, we live in a world where you can just say, I would like to see people shoot 50 caliber rifles. Mm -hmm. And then you get to do it. You get to do it because people have done it and they've shared it. And they've you shared can it. tap into They're so sharers. much. There's so much soup out there to just wade through. I love it. There is. And that's what makes the consciousness stew so damn impressive when Rihanna videos start to overlap, perhaps coincidentally with Lebowski, because there is so much stew out there. And how can you get a little cauldron of it with so many of the same things in it? Or is it a very small... Like there's uh, really just only so many ingredients for this stew, right? I, I think maybe that's it. Some potatoes, some carrots, a little beef. Every once in a while, throw some tofu in there. I'm not putting tofu in my stew. Well, sometimes what you know you need to do that. Oh, you put some beef. You you could do some chicken. You know, I do... Uh, but, you know, we're talking about the limited amount of ingredients, right? So sometimes you'll throw some tofu in there. You could do pork. You could do ham. You could do bacon. Actually, 
yeah, there's this uh, um, Vietnamese place that has a tofu and seafood stew that's actually really fucking good. Now that you made me think of it, I'm going to have to like go there tomorrow. I thought you were going to say that pork, ham, and bacon all came from the same animal. Because you say... Oh, sure. A magic, <laughs> wonderful animal. <laughs> all right. So, was that Tunda? I think Tunda's probably more likely than a 50 cal somewhere, since it's nighttime, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's a 50 cal. 50 cals are loud, and you're just listening to it with earbuds uh, over the internet. You're not right. there in person. It would probably seem louder in person. And here's the other thing. Yeah, there's not that many ingredients. Fine. But maybe, maybe, Brad, it's not really a, a cauldron of stew either. Maybe it's just a, you know, a terrine of stew. An eyedropper of stew. Maybe a thimble of stew. A stew thimble. Our whole lives. A little saucer. Our whole creative, all the creative endeavor of mankind is still just stuck in a little bit of the, uh, you know, potato fragment. Like the little uh, bit of skin that's hanging off. Yeah, that's it. It all lives there. You got, we got to swim out and deep into the stew. But we think we got it all figured out. It's like it goes flapping around a little bit as it's floating through the stew. And it's like we see some of the reddish liquid going by. I want to go. I want to go fucking you swim, swim in, in it. Swim far out there. Swim far out Eventually there, Brad? find a carrot or some shit. Climb up on the carrot. Use it as a vessel to find the edge of the bowl and climb out of the damn bowl, Brad. Oh, shit. Shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, shit. You just did it. You just did it. Mm -hmm. Wow. I meant it. Climbing out of that terrine. Getting off this damn potato. (sighs) I ain't got me sidetracked on stew travel now. (sighs) Faster than stew travel. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you... Soup travels probably faster than stew travel. There's fewer obstacles, I would think. You don't have to spend as much time calculating your your track, you know, for fear of like bouncing too close to a supernova. All right? No, I would agree. Or you know, you smashing off a piece of celery. Yeah, you can just wing it. What's the worst you're gonna hit? A noodle. It's kind of like dusting crops. Yeah, man. I mean, I've uh, I've blasted carrots. And my T sixteen at home, they're not much bigger than than uh potatoes. Yeah. You need like a stew speeder. Well, that would be a little bit like cheating though. I like the idea of just using what's available and just There's no speeders available in this little terrine that we're in. I'm gonna do it. All right. I swim look- out into that stew. I can't wait, man. Climbing off the potato. And out of the out of the stew. What else we got? I, I do have one more thing I want to talk about. Uh not Lebowski related. I don't know if I have anything else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> While we're talking about stew, at ninety eight thirty seven, 
the dude's line as the titular Lebowski starts berating them a little bit. Dude mm-hmm. starts to talk. He's like, yeah, but we, or something like that. And it gets clipped. I think he was saying other things and it, it didn't end naturally. And we cut away from him and they just, the line gets clipped kind of unrealistically. Yeah. But you get out, both of you. Yeah. But you get out, both of you. But you get out, both of you. But you get out. But you get out. But you get out. Oh yeah, I just heard that. It's really weird. It's like like how did I never notice that before? It's so jarring. And why wouldn't you take a little time and maybe soften that edge? But weirdly, that, like I never noticed it though. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. I've until. never. So it's weird the shit you can notice when you really pay attention, and the shit you can get away with when there's other shit to look at and to listen yeah. to. Wow, that is really weird. You should. Uh, and I mean, and also like it works because the cut too. I mean, maybe the cut helps soften it, but when you hear it, because it like does does the audio cut exactly on the visual cut? I thought it was a little offset. Well, the dude. Yeah, let me look at this again. Because I think if you did that, that might be even more noticeable. They probably right. Oh, L cut it. Not really an L cut, but similar. All right, here we are. No, it's 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 a. Uh, it cuts right on the. <laughs> it's almost like they like removed a fraction of a second, or maybe a whole second from the movie. Oh, you think that, and they weren't just trying to. Well, I'm just saying that's what it seems like. It's it's just such a weird jump because it jumps to him going "get out, both of you." But yeah, it's like not smooth, like the dudes. Do you think they were editing this movie on celluloid? And they lost a couple of frames <laughs> in the in the bin somewhere. Yeah, I have no idea. It is really weird and jarring. I mean, it's not quite because, like, the dude. I mean, it's not a jump cut visually. No, because you are changing angles, and it. Yeah. When it cuts to the titular Lebowski, like. Ah. Yeah, it's like, it's there's something about it that seems just off, though. It is kind of like a, I guess it just is the audio, the way, because the, what's supposed to be happening is the titular Bowski is cutting off the dude, but it happens in such a weird, unnatural way. Because you should see, you should stay on the dude for a little bit and see him, like, like close his mouth as he gets cut off or something, get frustrated, just for a split second, even, but they don't. He's like, yeah, but we, and as soon as he does it, it just cuts. Yeah, it is like there are frames missing. Like there's a little mini beat that's supposed to be there, like a visual mini beat. Not a, The audio, I think, could be okay, but they couldn't have that beat because I think the dude keeps talking, or Jeff Bridges keeps talking about something for another second. Like mm-hmm. they did a couple of takes and he gets cut off in different spots. But these were the two. Yeah, well, the audio doesn't work. I just listened to it with my eyes closed, and it cuts weird in the audio. Because, like, the dude is in the middle of making, like, a mouth sound. He's like, well, yeah, but... But then it's just like, well, yeah, but... Get out, both of you. Like, there's no... Like, his, the dude's... That's not where he would stop talking. Mouth sounds just get abruptly cut. It's like they just just sliced off. Hmm. 
Yeah. All right. So I'm not crazy on that one. No. So, uh, do you? Th- like if the dude didn't make those mouth sounds. Just said, "Well, yeah, but get out, both of you." Like it would work. But instead, he's like, "Well, yeah, but uh, and there's, get yeah, out, both some, of you." Right. It just and like even I can't really do it because I can't like cut my voice like a like hitting stop on a recorder. Like it's just unnatural. Like he's in the middle of a uh, and just like cuts. It's just done. But y- yeah, it's a nice little defect you found there. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's hard to even replicate. Yeah, you can't do it. I can't. <clears throat> I mean, I might maybe practice it. And maybe I can try again next week. But like right now, I just can't do it. <clears throat> yeah, we'll practice that. We'll come back next week better prepared for that. So I should have thrown that to you earlier in the week. Maybe next I'll do better. I'll do well, better. No, it's good. Well, no, I like we have the uh, you know reality here of uh, discovering it for the first time. Who needs to like prepare and rehearse and ah. co- you know that's not that way. I meant to, but I spent forty five minutes w- looking at forty or fifty cal sniper rifles on YouTube, right? And then the other hour and a half to two hours just looking at different instances of human paraquat. <coughs> what what does that mean? Human. I, mean, I know what paraquat is. You do. What are different instances of human paraquat? What does human? What does <clears throat> paraquat mean? So, and we actually did. Talk we talked about, about, about it really early on, but now that we're actually at this minute, now we, we can really get into it, it. Right? It's an herbicide. Yeah. So it was an herbicide that was used. Um, <clears throat> supposedly on a bunch of on like the uh, pot fields in Mexico trying to make it un trying to kill it I guess right uh, I yeah I guess kill it but it, I don't think it always did kill it like, or yeah, no right exactly <laughs> they tried to I think they tried to kill it yeah but then again again trying to like it's part of this war on drugs but then um, a positive side effect, like a, ooh, a little bonus, was that this, the paraquat like, stayed on the buds so that if you smoked it, you would be poisoned. Right. So different, you asked what, what were different, and this was, a, what, late 70s to early to mid 80s they were doing this. Right. There was kind of an uproar from the pot smoking community, like, hey, man, like, we're smoking this stuff anyway. You're killing us. People did die from it. Well, is that true? Because what what it says in Wikipedia is that I know I I saw something that said, "Oh, once you smoke it, you know, you burn it, then it's all gone. You don't have to work." But that's there were too many other instances and references to it, like burning, smoking, yeah. and stuff like that. Doesn't. Matt, that maybe just even makes it worse because then it's aerosolized almost and going directly into your lungs. Right. Like if you were to, let's say, take it directly, like take a, a even it says here, a single swig immediately spat out can cause death. Right. Within days. But the, but yeah, but this says the United States Enviro Protection, Environmental Protection Agency manual states, like we just said, smoking it. 
doesn't it doesn't cause problems because it gets changed by the process of being smoked into some other chemical that's not dangerous. The uh the But hit. anyway, paraquat is like the opposite of marijuana. The dude is a pothead and he's probably into smokers' rights and everything else. Well, it's Paraquat not. Paraquat is a bad thing, and it's a pot killer, right? It's the opposite. The dude. I don't know if, if it's the opposite. It's not the opposite, though. Is it? It's not the op. It's the enemy of. Well, it's the enemy of. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, Paraquat represents. It's a buzzkill. Symbolically, it's the opposite, right? If 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 pot is like the the mascot of the dude because it makes him all laid back and mentally limber. And these traits that we love him for, then Paraquat is again like the titular Bowski, like he hates that. He wants to destroy that and eradicate that. Just like Paraquat can hurt the pot. Well, it kills the pot, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Brad, it is literally a buzz kill. Yes, a buzz kill. The titular Lebowski's the big buzz kill, and the dude is a supposedly chilled out stoner. So this is apparently, and this is pretty widespread knowledge among people who, you know, Lebowskiites speak Lebowskis, but one of, and I thought it was the only, but apparently it's one of the only ad-libbed lines in the entire movie is when the dude mm-hmm. says, you human paraquat. <clears throat> yep. As a matter of fact, that's what it says on Google. Well, like shit. the Google answer. Fuck yeah, there you go, man. Because you know how sometimes if you search for something, instead of giving you a, like, just like, here's a bunch of search results, it'll give you, like, that, the actual information. Yes. Like, when you type in human paraquat, like I did today, it actually gives you one of those little cards of information saying it was the only improvised line. I love that. That's <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Virtually every other line, including every man and dude, was scripted, it says. It works on so many levels, though, because human paraquat, like, whoever was in charge of the war on drugs during the time they were spraying this paraquat around had some kind of quote like, I don't care if, you know, thousands of you potheads die from smoking this. It's illegal, you know? Don't do it. Then you won't have to worry about it. And the titular Lebowski is kind of like that, too, in that he's a human paraquat because, you know, he didn't give a shit if, um, and I found this on, I can't remember which site I found it on. I have like 10 links to paraquat here, but titular Lebowski didn't give a shit if um, the dude got killed or hurt out there, even though he's the one that put him in harm's way. Mm -hmm. He's out there just, you know, crushing buzzes. I think it's a genius ad-libbed line by Bridges. No, it really is. It's one of the one of the good ones, and especially for being one of the only ones. Right. And like again, it's also funny because it's like paraquat. Well, that's right. just a fun. Like if he was like you, human diethyl methyl proxate, like it wouldn't work. No, that probably wouldn't work. <laughs> like we're just kind of lucky that this thing is called paraquat, and that Jeff Bridges knew that. Yeah. And it's called Paraquat. That is a, that's a funny name for an herbicide. Paraquat. Paraquat. Hmm. Yeah. Let me see. There's no explanation here of why it's called that. 
I do. Have I a- can see scrolling to the Wikipedia page because it's <clears throat> considered. Um, it's the trade name for. Geez, I can't even. I don't even understand what this means. N comma N with a little. I don't. I don't even fucking know how to say this. There's all these weird symbols in. It. In essence, N dimethyl four four bipridinium dichloride. Nicely done, I guess. Uh, can I read this something is not to you? Be confused with Operation Paraquet. No, duh. Come on, silly. Can Can I read something Parakeet. to you, Brad? May, may I? You may. Okay, I wanted to get your permission first. And when I said human paraquats, different kinds, this is an example of human paraquat poisoning. <clears throat> We'll put a link to this in the show notes. Here is the abstract for this medical study. A 20-year-old man ingested approximately 15 to 20 milliliters of a 24% solution of Paraquat. Acute renal and liver failure developed. The patient began undergoing hemodialysis and receiving vitamin E, but he died of pulmonary fibrosis the 27th day after the ingestion. There you go. 15 to 20 milliliters. That's not a whole lot, especially since it was only 24%. Yeah. It it gets you pretty quick, all things considered. And they were okay spraying this all over their pot. You know, they could have been putting it in uh, spaghetti or something. Yeah, fuck spaghetti, man. Right. Fuck spaghetti. 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 Yeah, fuck it. Spaghetti. I love the Breakfast Club. Um, what is this one? I don't know. But I bunch of good links here. Doesn't matter. It's a lot of good links. We'll put some of them in there for. Put some. We can dole them out over the course of the remaining like hundred nineteen, right? Or not hundred nineteen, nineteen or so episodes. Right. Sure, we won't. <laughs> um. So we're 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 here. We're almost at an hour twenty. Yeah, yeah. We're we're closing it up here. We're gonna. Well, does that mean we need to jump to talk about frame rates? Y- yes, that is what I do want to do now. Can we please do that? Let's do it. Okay. Do you want, you're the one that posted the link here, or do you want me to take it? Um. Well, I'll take it. No, no, no. Because uh, first, I want to talk about um. As a lead-in to high frame rates, I want to talk about uh, standby. <laughs> standby. This is good shit right here. Oh, fuck me. Uh, Jesus. Uh, why? Oh, ocular micro tremors. Yes, ocular micro tremors. So, ocular micro tremors. And here, I'm just, bear with me, I'm just going to read this so we're all there together, okay? do it. So, ocular micro tremors are when your eye jiggles just a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm quoting now. Your eye jiggles just a little bit, as a sack of jelly is wont to do, even when you're focused on a fixed point. These jiggles, known as ocular micro tremors, 
occur at an average rate of around 84 hertz. And, the author proposes, this helps your brain better discern edges within your field of vision by providing the cones in your retina with two very slightly different angled views of the same object. With twice the amount of information coming into your visual cortex, not cortex, cortex, (coughs) your brain is able to stitch together a better visual image with more defined edges. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you're also going to get the audience extracting much more detail out of that scene than at 24 hertz. And this is if you're projecting at like 48 hertz, basically Mm -hmm. frames per second, which unfortunately makes it all look fake. Because they can see that, well, the set is a set, and it'll look very video-y instead of dreamy because of the extra motion extraction, which can be done when your signal changes at 40 hertz and above. So basically, in short, he says, the higher frame rates look more real, but it makes things that are not real look less real. And there was, and that just, that made so much sense. They had a link then to a preview for The Hobbit. Right, which I didn't realize, but yes, on YouTube, you can set it to watch it at these higher frame rates. And it looked pretty damn stupid. Yeah, it was incredibly shitty. And I don't think it's that it looks like a set. I don't think that's all it is. I I I can tell that. But, you you know, you brought that up in a previous episode that, you know, you can tell that, like, some of it is just fake. I mean, I think that's part of it. And so you have to get better at what you're doing. You know, your makeup artistry and everything else needs to get better. Your props need to be more detailed to, to to cut for this. And I think that's part of it. But even if you watch something, let's say, that doesn't have any special effects. Like it's what? A, it's a man sitting at a counter drinking a cup of coffee. And you're using the same lighting, everything else. There's just a different, like, it, you can just tell, like, it, it just looks like it's video. For whatever that means. It's just video. Okay, maybe, maybe. I, like, I've never seen a high, like super high quality video that's like way better than film in the terms of detail. It still just looks like fucking video. Like, I don't know what it is. Have you ever actually seen that? Like an example, here is a man drinking coffee at a counter that we shot here at 24 and here at 48 and looked at them side by side. Have you ever, any exit doesn't even have to be a man drinking coffee at a counter any example of like the same exact conditions <clears throat> everything's the same they just switch the frame rate to high shoot it again i that's a good question cuz part of the hobbit shittiness also is that it, all of it's cgi you know yeah, the those, cgi looks ridiculous it looks like a video game it really looks like a video game not even well, the best video game. And even the stuff that wasn't that, and maybe because it's all green screen, maybe that's part of it. Like like right now I'm paused on a <laughs> shot of, uh, oh shit, what the hell's her name? The actress. She was in Lost. Liv she's Tyler. In the Hobbit. Not Liv Tyler. She was in Lord of the Rings. Don't know. But she played Kate in Lost. Anyway, yeah, I can't think of her name for some oh, reason. Oh, that girl. And she's an Ant-Man also. She's oh, getting around now. Jesus, Ant-Man. But uh, it's not that, like, the makeup looks bad. It's not that her little elf ear looks fake. I can tell it's makeup. It's not that her outfit looks like it's not well done. No, not not all of it is bad. But I guess, but no, but it still looks bad. It still just looks like it was shot on video. 
And what does that mean for something to look like it's shot on video? I don't know. But like my whole life, it's like, oh, this is film and this is video. Film looks cool. Video looks bad. Like even in the world of sitcoms, right? Cheers, shot on film. Roseanne, shot on video. You can just tell the difference. Yes. Cheers looks better. Roseanne does not. Not I, that it's necessarily important for Roseanne to look like cinematic, right? But I don't think that it does look better. Life, I, I have. It looks better to you because you right. have a bias. That could be. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. I, for, I can't believe I'm the one championing like the new technology and we should like explore. You just said you wanted to get off the fucking potato and swim through the stew. And find a no, carrot, you're right about you know, that. well, this is the carrot and whatever we got to do. I'm not saying I have the answers, like how right. to make it not look like video. I mean, I agree with you. It looks bad, but we should still be exploring it. No, I agree. We should. And, and I think it. it'll get better. And I think and maybe, part of it, too, is like you said it green screen, right? They're compositing like layer upon layer of computer generated images that there's, you know, 2% fakeness that you can just tell, mm -hmm. even the best shit. Okay, so here's a layer that looks 2% fake, another layer that's 2% fake, maybe another layer they didn't do such a good job on, it's 5% fake, and it adds up, it's exponential, you know? So you got the background, then you got a mid-ground element, then you got some smoke, and then like a little bit of fake here, a little bit of fake there, and just adds up to like too much fake, especially at those higher frame rates. Yeah. Because you can see more of it. It's like, that looks dumb. I mean, I'm watching this trailer right now, and I just cannot even believe it. It's like, really bad. <clears throat> it just looks like some, like, BBC documentary. <laughs> Which, maybe that's good, right? Because a BBC documentary was a film, was like, or a capturing of a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it's yeah, just the same yeah. time. It's like, I don't want Legolas to look like he's in a BBC documentary. Like, it looks like one of those... Like you're watching, um, like a reenactment on America's Most Wanted, <laughs> right? That no, probably looked better because like it's on film. <laughs> or if this was something where it was like, oh, one of these like found footage style movies, like Paranormal Activity or Cloverfield, it's like, oh, someone went through a portal to Middle Earth with their video camera and are like recording this, and we found the tape and let's see what's on it. Like that's what it looks like. It was meant to be. <sighs> Yeah. Which is just an aesthetic thing, right? And like, oh, yeah, but it. Yeah, you say they went right. through a portal to get to Middle Earth? Some guy did from, from the year 2013 and had with him his Sony Handycam. So here's, but the and problem got is. some footage of Legolas and Gandalf, but then he never came back. But police officers searching in the woods found this tape. But the problem with your scenario is that if you're going to time travel using devices, like a portal type system, mm -hmm. you can only go back as far as the date when the first time traveling portal was created. Well, who's to say this is in the past? This is like Star Wars, right? Like Star Wars was a long time ago, even though it's, they have spaceships and shit. This could be... Four million years in the future, just in this other realm of Middle Earth. Like and they just left a portal there, and, and, and someone found a portal. Right, it's like in that portal. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons. They went on the amusement park ride and ended up in that other realm. 
Same thing. Are you talking about the cartoon? Yes. Oh, I hated that. There was a shot where the, I, I think it's a girl, um, is in her bedroom, young girl. It's like eight or nine years old or something. Six, I don't know. And it's dark. She's sleeping. And like her foot, like her leg kind of comes out of underneath the covers and like dangles just by the opening by the floor underneath her bed. Mm-hmm. And then like it starts glowing. She gets sucked into there and disappears. I still can't really comfortably you. really comfortably put my leg out of the covers and dangle it down there. Still don't want to do that. Ocular micro tremors, Brad. Yes. So I guess to restate kind of what this guy was saying in this article, <clears throat> the ocular micro tremors don't have any effect at 24 frames a second. Right. But once you get up to 48 frames a second, they actually do have an effect. So even though you're only doubling the frame rate, you're actually quadrupling the amount of information or more. Right. Because now more. this extra effect comes in, which is much more like what you see when you look at things in real life. Right. Which, you know, let's face it, films shot on film don't look like real life. No, they don't. Uh, maybe we don't want them to, but that, like I said, that's our own bias. And people who don't regularly experience them won't give a shit. And I know that seems like a shame, but I think we'll get it all together at some point. Yeah, ocular micro tremors. It's like your eyes here, now it's over here. So it's boop, 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 two pieces of information. But it's doing it, what, 84 times per second. Or it starts to be right. noticed at yeah eighty four times a second something like that yeah you're, that's that's the that's the frequency of the micro tremor right but if film is only twenty four times a second it shows a frame your eyes go boop boop on the same frame it doesn't get any additional information something like but and but the higher frame rates it'll go here boop boop and then get another one boop boop something like that I don't know made sense at the time I'm over it. But I mean, yeah, just another example. I mean, this has been a common thread throughout this whole podcastic endeavor of ours. But yeah, I just can't accept it. And I realize I just might be old. You're old fashioned, man. Like, I mean, granted, everyone is kind of in the same boat because I think people rebelled pretty heavily against The Hobbit. People who write articles for Gizmodo, sure. But people who are 10 years old, I'm not so sure. Well, they may not have noticed it. I don't know. Even when I was 10 years old, and granted, it's different, right? So different. when you just Roseanne and Cheers thing, I, like when I was 10, even younger than that, I did not have the language for it, but I understood watching television. Sure. That there was like there two was a different difference. camps. Sure. Like certain things looked this way and certain things, there was like, the, like, okay, Cheers looks this way, Roseanne looks this way. Um, you know, when you watch a but also, show from the BBC, right? That <laughs> yes, always, because yeah. it was like, oh, they're indoors. It looks like Roseanne. They just ran outside and it looks like Cheers. And yeah. then it goes back and it looks like we're like in the same show from one shot to another. It switches. And it's like, I don't really understand what that is, but it's jarring and weird. I agree. It was jarring and weird. And I'll say that I'll run this past you. What if it just seemed like Cheers was more of an old person show and Roseanne was a newer show for a little bit younger of a crowd, more a little modern, a little more yeah, modern. Maybe. 
Maybe. Maybe. Maybe. But, you know, I was watching even before, even before Roseanne. I'm trying to think of some examples. <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, like, like, it's that soap opera effect, right? That's what they call it. And that's what it is. Like, it looks like. So, I think that's the thing growing up. Like, that. okay, soap opera. Yes, this looks like a soap opera. It's whatever like that is. The difference between um, Love Boat and Sweet Life on the Poop Deck. Next time on Gutter Balls. Yeah,